Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, everyone has a story to tell. I mean, just think about it. At work, you tell stories to make a point. At home, you tell stories to make a point. At church, your pastor tells stories to make a point. Jesus told stories to make a point. But few people master the art of storytelling. And after our program today, you will be able to take great forward strides because my guest today, that's what he does. He helps people to do just that, help tell their story even better. Many people struggle with you know, the idea of speaking from a stage or speaking on video. They worry about how they're going to look, how they'll sound. What can they talk about? Well, Brendan Kumasari is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube series dedicated to the art of public speaking. Brendan believes anybody, that's you, can become a confident public speaker and a storyteller. Brendan is also the founder of rockstarcommunicator.com. You know, from students to CEOs, Brendan teaches you how to master your speeches, master your presentations, master interviews and podcasts and all of that. Brendan was on our program way back in 2020, and he's blessing us now with coming back on today to catch up and to bless all of you who may have missed our prior interview with his skill and wisdom. Amen. Help me welcome back to the program, Brendan Kumarasari. Brendan, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come back and join us today, man. I appreciate it. Hey, the pleasure and honor is mine, Robert. Thanks so much for having me back. And now, now for those who may not have gone back into the archives far enough, new listeners and all that, that may not have heard our prior interview from a few years ago. Tell us in your own words, who is Brendan Kumasarami? Yeah, absolutely, Robert. Happy to do that. You know, you know, if, if you were to summarize me in a few sentences, I would say, you know, I'm called, I really believe I'm called to really make a difference in the world when it comes to communication. How do we create a world where every human being on earth is able to share ideas effectively? Because if we can all share what we care about, whether it's around God, whether it's around spirituality, whether it's around the ideas that we care about, the world will become less divisive and we can move forward towards one consciousness and, and all be happier people. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amen. Amen. Now, where did your idea? Well, first, yeah, let's do it that way first. Where did the idea for Master Talk come from? Yeah, absolutely, Robert. So when I was in university slash college, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing <laughs> basketball or baseball or some other sport you wouldn't see me play. I did presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. And then as I got older, I started coaching students in university on how to communicate so they could do better at these competitions too. But I realized, Robert, that I accidentally developed a skill to help other people on how to speak because I was doing so many people. I probably worked on like 50 or 70 people wow. in, in university. That's amazing. But 
Yeah, it was really crazy. So I had the idea for Mass Talk, primarily the YouTube channel, because I realized that everything that I was sharing online, or rather with my students, wasn't available for free on the internet. So I started making YouTube videos on the subject, and then the rest is history. Yeah, the YouTube channel just, I mean, folks, you have to go check out Master Talk on YouTube. I mean, that's how I got introduced to Brennan and invited him to come on and share with us. I still, I'm still a subscriber and, you know, going through this. I mean, his, oh, and they're not long. Each one's, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes tops, something like that. But they hit on a point that, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think there's that much to talk about, about speaking, but he can speak on speaking for hours. (laughs) There's a, oh, it it is your YouTube channel is just awesome. How many individual episodes have you created? Do you even know? Yeah, I think the number is like 170 now. And wow. to your point, uh, Robert, I didn't really know how much there was to talk about either when I started the channel. <laughs> but what happened was I started, you know, all the students that I had back in universe and then my, my clients later on, they are the ones who supplied me the content. So they just ask me questions. Mm. And I'll say, huh, I don't really know the answer to that one. I should probably make a YouTube video on this. And that's how I developed the content strategy over time. Yeah. Hey man, the questions are great. I love when, when my clients give me questions and stuff, sometimes they'll trip me. I'm like, wow, never been asked that one before. Okay. I'll get back with you on that. You know, type thing. And now I got another training. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey man, I understand that. So what is, what's the biggest challenge that most people you that come to you or that you see struggle with when doing public speaking? Yeah, for sure. I would say the biggest struggle is definitely motivation. Fear is a big one too. Yeah, that's what I thought. Absolutely. Fear fear is a big one, but I would say it's not really possible to remove the fear. Like think about me. I'm still scared of communication to a certain degree, even if I'm the expert speaking to you. And the reason is because there's always a level that's fearful. Let's say we're having lunch, Robert, and Elon Musk calls me. He says, hey, Brendan, I've been following your YouTube channel. I'd love for you to coach me. Yeah. Would I be worried about that? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Right. So so there's always a level. Would you be worried about before or after you said yes? I mean, both, probably. <laughs> probably both in every incident, even after the coaching's over, I'd still be anxious about it. But but that's the point. There's always a level that scares us. So I would say a challenge that is even greater than the fear that most of us don't think about is the motivation. We're not motivated to actually become great communicators. So the way around that is by asking yourself the simple question, Robert, which is the following. How would our life change if we were exceptional communicators? A lot of us dream about our vacations, the expensive things we want to buy, the things we want to get, but very few of us dream about a world where we are an exceptional communicator in that world. What does that look like for you? So start reflecting on that, and it would be a lot easier for you to be motivated to master your communication skills. Amen. Amen. You know, we've heard all, you know, uh, I've from when I was in high school 50 years ago you know the starting off with a joke or a funny story when given a talk is that something you recommend absolutely i definitely think these are great tools absolutely whether it's a joke or an opening question but i always like to say pick the tool that's most comfortable to you because let's face it if somebody's listening to this it's like well brendan i'm not funny robert I'm funny. it's okay don't tell jokes you don't need to but what i would say is pick the tool that you feel you have the greatest advantage with and couple that tool with repetition. 
So what I always like to think about, Robert, is whenever we're preparing a speech, you want to prepare it like a jigsaw puzzle. You know those pieces we used to do as kids, you know, those little toy pieces we kind of put together in a puzzle. So when we do puzzles, we generally start with the corner pieces first. And the reason we do is because they're easier to find in the box. And they got those little edges to them. So you kind of put them together. And then you work your way into the middle. But in communication, we don't do that. We start with the middle first. We start shoving a bunch of content of presentation. We get to the, the presentation, the sermon, and we just sound something like, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, this is my presentation. And it's not, it's not the best way of doing it. So instead, what I recommend is start with the edges first. Practice just the introduction 30, 40 times. Do the same thing with the conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. And then go for the middle. Mm. Hey man, that's good. That's good. You know, you got one of your YouTube videos was talking about the importance of the first 10 seconds of your presentation. Can you explain the importance of those 10 seconds for us? Absolutely. And, and the reason I'm such an advocate of puzzle tying into your question, Robert, is the beginning is the most important part because I mean, we've all been in presentations where we have, we give the speaker a few seconds and if they sound like this, uh, so hi everyone. You're already thinking in your mind, my God, this is going to be a terrible Wednesday lunch. <laughs> and you already lose the audience. So they're not paying attention to. It. Even if in five minutes in, you say the most amazing thing, it's transformational, completely changed the course of people's life. Well, if they're not paying attention to you after 10 seconds, the next five minutes won't matter. And that's the key is you don't want to lose in the first quarter. Make sure that you're practicing just the intro and making sure it's so good that people are hooked because the opposite is also true, Robert. If somebody starts with like a bang, like it's amazing, you're looking at yourself, you're going to say, wow, this presentation is different. This presentation is going to be great. In the same way at the beginning, your intro was amazing where you really sold the idea of having people, hey, listen to this episode. You're going to learn X, Y, and Z. And people say, yeah, I am. I definitely need to listen to this. And it's the same concept. Yeah, amen, amen. You know, the last time you were on, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, the COVID, COVID lockdowns were in full force. And this meant everything moved from in-person events to virtual events. And you were helping us understand a few steps to help with that transition for those that uh, we're speaking on video and all that. Uh, has things opened back up for in-person events? Or are we still dealing mainly with virtual events right now? Yeah, absolutely, Robert. I would say that we're transitioning into a new future. So before, let's say the pandemic started, it was really, even if tools and technologies existed to do virtual presentations, it wasn't really the go-to option. A lot of us love the in-person, and, and I still believe that today. But what I do think is that in today's era, the medium that we're speaking on right now, the online word, the Zoom calls, the Microsoft Teams, the Slacks, they're going to be a staple for the future. They're not going anywhere. In fact, there's a lot more adoption now today. What does that mean? That means everything that we learned last episode that I'm happy to talk about again needs to stay because a lot of the workers now, they don't want to go back to the office. They don't That's want true. to go back. Even, even if they're still in-person events, I mean, I've been to a bunch in the last year or so, ever since the vaccine came out, it still doesn't replace fully the new hybrid world that we're living in. Mm, amen. Amen. What do you believe the next six months to a year will hold for public speaking opportunities? 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say for me, what's 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 happening is three main things. So the first one is a lot more opportunity will start to open up in person, where a lot of companies will start doing retreats again, where a lot of them have money to pay speakers. We'll see a lot more in-person events. We've already st- seen that rise up, and we're going to see more of a resurgence as a lot of the the companies, a lot of the states are starting to levy up their COVID policies. A lot of them are gone now at this point. So we're going to see a rise in that. The second piece is we're going to see a decrease in the number of virtual opportunities. That's my prediction. In the sense that even if there'll still be virtual events, they will be a lot less poignant. They'll get less attendance because a lot of people are going to want to go back in person to feel that human connection, that rapport. And I would say the third piece to this, so just summarizing the first two now. So the first one, in-person events, here to stay, will definitely increase the opportunities. Virtual, I see the opportunities going down. And I would say the third piece is there's going to be a less paid speaking opportunities in probably the next 12 months. And the reason I see that is because a lot of a lot of people that I follow and I admire are saying there's a recession on the way. I mean, we've already seen in the first quarter of this year. So because of that, a lot of speaking, if I'm being honest, Robert, is not as sticky as coaching is. Because when you're in a coaching business, like which is most of my business, it's if you get the result for somebody, you have the value as you do with yeah. your clients. But in speaking, it's more of a luxury. Sure. So if, yeah. if companies start losing their budget and they start laying off employees, the first thing they're going to cut is paid speaking engagements. They're just going to replace it by people who can just speak for free internally. So I'm seeing that as well in the market. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's true. That's something to think about. Amen. So do you recommend having the, your, I'm not talking about you, me, but I'm talking about the general public at large that is looking at public speaking as, you know, additional income as you do as a business and things like that, they should transition into more of a coaching atmosphere and use the speaking in conjunction with the coaching. Correct. You know, for me, what's what's always worked well in my career, Robert, is the, the following model. Do a free speaking engagement that leads to paid opportunities in the back end that are not speaking engagements. And that could be of any form. That could be selling a copy of a book. That could be selling coaching services. That could be consulting. If you own a consulting company, it could even be technology services if you're the CEO of a different type of service. And you use speaking to attract more people into your business. But I would say that's really the strategy that's going to be recession-proof. So in my case, just to be transparent here, a lot of the, the what I do, still to this day, I would say 80% of my speaking engagements I give for free because I know it's going to lead to clients. Only 20, 30% of them are paid speaking engagements where you know people are paying me X number of dollars to come give a virtual keynote at a company. But I'd say most of the time, it's really, I do something for free. People jump on the call and they go, wow, this is amazing. I need to hire Brennan as my coach. And then that's where I make the money in the back end. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, you know, in our presentations that we give virtual or in person, is the delivery or the content more important for us to focus on? Because you got to have, you know, great content if, to, to meet the need. I guess you could say, but at the same time, you know, I could, I could hand you the encyclopedia Britannica and say, this is all the information you need in the world, you know, but it's pretty dry when you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love, I love the question and you, you pretty much lead it, lead it into the answer, Robert, but let me give you a different perspective on this. And the perspective is the following. Let's think back to when we were in high school, when we were in college. How much do we actually remember from those days? 
from what the teachers taught us? And the answer is very little. But isn't that bizarre? Because they have pretty good content. I mean, these teachers are not, uh, we didn't just pick them off the street. They have master's degrees. Some of them even have PhDs, bachelors. Like These are very well-educated people. They have great content. So why don't we remember a lot of things? Right. So that's one side. But then the other side of it is even the best speakers on the planet, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Bernie Brown. If you ask somebody who's been to one of their conferences, one of their talks, and these people are the best speakers on earth, some of the top quartile, you ask them, what do they remember? They generally remember one or two key ideas. Even if Tony speaks for 14 hours, they might say something like, the secret to living is giving. Wow, I need to do this with my life. But they don't actually go into details as to everything they learned from Tony. So what does that mean? That implies the following. Provided that you have one or two great key ideas, you should be spending 99% of your time trying to deliver those one or two key ideas in a way that's so compelling that people say, wow, this is great. In the same way, by the way, I only have one goal in today's podcast, Robert, just one, to convince people that they can become exceptional speakers too. Because at the end of the day, if I tell you how smart I am, I go through all of these complex jargons, people won't take action. But if I ask simple questions like, hey, let's forget about the fear for a second. How would your life change if you're a great communicator? People listening to this will go, huh, I never really thought of that question. And that's where the transformation happens. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I know you read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. What books do you recommend for some people to help in public speaking? Absolutely. So I'll recommend one book and then I'll give a small public service announcement on books for communication. So number one, the book recommendation is definitely Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit. He started to help the world gain access to clean water. And the reason I love Scott Harrison's book, Thirst, from a communication and storytelling perspective, is because he's a practical example of someone who actually used a lot of the principles we're talking about today to raise half a billion dollars to help people with their with clean drinking water, which I think is a phenomenal mission. And he has a great quote in the book, Robert, that I'd love to share. The quote is the following. The goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. So it pushes us to really think about what are we creating in the world that's truly going to live for centuries to come. And that is the bar. And then the other piece around this is when we think about communication, it's important for us to realize the following. And that thing is communication is a medium for change, but the best way to speak is to speak. So even if books are great, even if books can help us improve communication, we really need to get out there and speak. And not on a stage, but doing small exercises like the random word exercise where you pick a random word like phone or copper and you give presentations out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Amen. That was that's one of the questions I was going to ask you was uh, that ju- jumped out at me from your YouTube videos was the random word exercise. Explain how that works and give us an example. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's make this easier, Robert. Why don't you just give me a word? Stars. Stars. I love that. So Robert, for those who are listening to this podcast, did not give me this word prior to this interview. And I have to make up a presentation right now. So here I go. It's Sunday night. And I'm looking at the stars in the night gaze as the moon comes up. And I enjoy that evening. And I think to myself, isn't our world so beautiful? The trees that whistle in the wind, the grass 
that's so amazing to sit on as we stare into the, the night starry sky and the time that I get to spend with my family. But you know, Robert, a lot of us don't realize that it's not just the sky that's filled with stars. The whole world is too. The person who makes our coffee in the morning at Starbucks, the, the person who's taking care of their children at a park and watching them play, even if they're really busy and they're stressed out about work, but they make an effort to, to shine their light on, on their kids. Or whether it's our incredible parents right, who take care of us, who, who really look after us. And when we think about the stars in our life, Robert, I'd love to encourage us to not just pay attention to the ones in the sky, but to pay attention to the ones around us, because that's really where we can bring more starlight into our lives. So that's the random That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. So, and people can do that. Just, you know, I mean, open a dictionary, pick a word and make a short two minute presentation out of it. That's it. Amen. Amen. Now you have a phrase prioritize to maximize. Explain that for us. Absolutely. So for me, prioritize to maximize means what are we prioritizing in our life to maximize the outcomes that we're looking out of life? And outcome doesn't always mean money. It can mean a better relationship with our family. It can mean better health. It can mean better friendships. But when we're clear on what the outcome is, it's a lot easier to be more productive to really prioritize what matters most in our life, to maximize the outcome that we're looking at. In the same way, me and you are prioritizing an hour out of our day to have a conversation with each other because we believe it'll maximize the outcome for the people who are listening to this. Right. So in the same way, what is that priority? And then what does that look like in communication? It looks like the following, Robert. Super easy. Book five minutes in your calendar. Not five hours, not five days. Five minutes every day to do the random word exercise, Mm -hmm. just five times a day. And what I always like to say is it's not about doing it well. You know, don't compare yourself to me. I've done the exercise 3,000 times. I'm not exaggerating the number, (laughs) right? Because I've been doing this for seven years. But if you just do it a few times a day, it might start with uh, like a star is uh, something in the sky. But then over time, you'll start to have fun with it. And you'll really prioritize your communication to maximize the dreams that you have in your life. Amen. Amen. You know, in one of your videos, you talk about the endless gaze. And I've learned how to use pauses for effective speaking. But the endless gaze, uh, that, that, that's just priceless. Explain that for our listeners and how to use it in the presentation. Absolutely. So, so the endless gaze, it fixes the following piece that you talked about, Robert. A lot of the challenge is a lot of us have struggles pausing for longer periods of time. So whenever we pause, we always go, uh, 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 and then we keep trying to fill up the space with filler words. The endless gave solves for that. So essentially what you have to do is you pick somebody that you love, somebody in your house, somebody around you, and you stare at them for three minutes straight without saying anything. And it's funny because I, I, I coach a lot of married couples and a lot of them say, it, especially the husband, they go, I can't, I, I've never done this. My wife. I've been married 15 years. I'm like, Jesus, come on, man. <laughs> like if, if you're not going to do this, who else will? So, so the, the, the reason I like to do this is because a lot of people tell me, well, Brandon, but do I have to pause for three minutes in my presentation? Of course not. But when you learn to sit in that silence for longer periods of time, it's going to be a lot easier for you 
when you go back into presentations to pause for two to three seconds. And that's the goal. So implement the endless gaze. And not only will you have an amazing presentation, you might have an amazing love life too. And the people around you might appreciate you a lot more. Amen. Amen. You know, I was, I had a, before this life, I was in sales. And one of the things you learn when you get to the close, he who speaks first loses, you know, and a lot of salesmen are very uncomfortable and remain. Okay. So da, 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 this is all the benefits and this is the cost. And you wait, <laughs> you wait. And they're sitting there like, it's good. You know, they're thinking that this is good. I need this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there with an endless gaze, just looking at them. And some salesmen, they'll, they'll start squirming. And they're feeling like, I have to say something, you know. And as this first person that speaks, basically in the sales talk, they lose. If the salesman speaks, he just lost the sale. But if the person speaks, they're like, okay, you just got it. But if they come up with an objection, it's just, just out of our budget. Okay. He told you what you have to help fix now, you know, and then, okay, well, if we do this, this, that lowers it by this much, how's that? And just silence again. And I've used, I was, I went within three years. I was like the number two, number three salesperson in the company using that technique. But the, uh, you know, a, a lot of salesmen, they just can't take that long. And sometimes it was a minute or two long. I'm just sitting there. You know, he's looking at his wife. She's looking at the paper and looking at him. They're looking at me. And I'm just sitting there with that endless gaze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what you're selling. I got to buy from you, Robert. Got my credit card. <laughs> it was life insurance at the time. <laughs> but yeah, I was, and that's why when I came across that video with the endless gaze, I'm like, boom. You know, I mean, I know that word. I just had the uh, the silence. I wasn't, you know, staring at them, you know, for three minutes. I was like, that's a long time. Three minutes is a long time. But yeah, you're right. Because once you get into the habit of doing it, a three, five second pause is nothing in a presentation, you know. And we do this, 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 this is the result you're going to get. How would that impact your life? You know, and just something like that, you know, and oh yeah, the, folks, I'm telling you, Brandon has some excellent videos on YouTube. These, these things, I mean, they've helped me out over these last three years. Amen. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for the portion of this today's great interview with, with uh, Brendan Kumarsami. Now we had such a great conversation. This is just part one of what ended up as a two-part interview. Amen. Folks, whether you realize it or not, you are already a public speaker. It may be at work and you're trying to communicate an idea to your boss or coworkers. You may be the boss. You're trying to communicate an idea to your subordinates or possibly your own boss. Either way, you are trying to influence someone every day. You could be in the ministry trying to influence someone to make a decision for Christ. Brendan Kumarasamy is the expert in this area. I've been following him for almost three years now and he's helped me immensely just from his YouTube videos. Amen. Just drop down below in the show notes, click the links right there, get in touch with Brendan right now. Subscribing to his YouTube channel Master Talk is an absolutely must at a minimum. It'll be the best thing you subscribe to on YouTube in a long time, I guarantee it. 
So be sure to come back for the next episode, as this has only been part one of a great two-part interview. Amen? You do not want to miss the rest of this interview with Brendan Kumarasamy. Until next time, it's Pastor Bob Romani. Be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.